There we go. Good afternoon. How was lunch? Okay, we we are going to rebuke right now that itis that's going to try to grab you in about ten minutes. Okay, so we're just going to go ahead and take care of that itis. Come against. Declare and decree your eyelids will stay open. Your mind will be alert. Come on. Hallelujah! You will get all that God has for you. But in the meantime, if you're struggling, we don't mind if you just walk around. Go ahead and just walk <laughs> around, okay? But we're so glad you're here. My name is Pastor Danelle. This is Pastor AJ. And we have the privilege of leading our intercessory, prophetic intercessory. Uh, behave over there. <laughs> I just, I pay people to cheer when I come. That's all that is. He just wants his money. He just wants his money. He just wants his money. <laughs> so what we hope to do is um, teach you some practicals of the prophetic intercession. I'm sure most of you, how many of you are not familiar with the uh, prophetic intercession? You've never heard of it. Okay. We are going to hopefully and prayerfully share with you what it is and also model and demonstrate it for you. Um, so that when you walk away from here, not only do you know what it is, but you feel confident in operating in it. I mean, you know, God wants to speak to every last one of us. Amen. There's just not a few. There's not one or two Michael Jordans. There's everybody on the bench is Michael Jordan. If you have the Holy Spirit, I know I'm dating myself. What is it LeBron now? It's LeBron. I'm sorry. Or Steph Curry. I like Steph Curry. It could be either. Curry. Yeah, 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 is yeah. it Curry yeah. or Corey? Curry. Curry. Auntie, come on. <laughs> Sound like my grandmother. What are you doing? What's your name? <laughs> what the boy name is it? Corey? What a name, Curry? What? I like Steph Curry. And if I Curtis. forget, I'm just gonna name him myself. There you, go. you know what I'm talking about. The name Steven, I think is the call. But we want you to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, that's it. Right, that's the last one. I promise. I'm gonna go stand behind the pulpit. It'll make me more spiritual. Okay. Go ahead. Pastor Jim messed up when he put us together because we already act up anyway. But we are going to try our best to behave because we do Absolutely. want you to walk away knowing exactly what to do, how to do it, and not that we are professionals. We are practitioners. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the privilege along with you to practice every day, and we're so grateful to do that. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor AJ. We're going to talk a little bit about what um, intercession is, um, the prophetic is, and uh, we have three points for you if you're taking notes. And so you can write those points down as we say them. Great. Okay, family, we're going to be coming from uh, Numbers 16, uh, number 16, 41 through 48. And our three thoughts that we want, to, uh, want you to walk away with is um, intimacy, intercession, and increase. Intimacy, intercession, and increase. And we're going to grab some thoughts um, from Numbers Chapter 16, verses 41 through 48. It says this, But on the next day, all the congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, saying, You are the ones who have caused the death of the Lord's people. It came about, however, when the congregation had assembled against Moses and Aaron, that they turned toward the tent of meeting, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of the meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from, the, from among this congregation, that I may consume them instantly. Then they fell on their faces. Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put it in the fire from the altar, and lay incense on it. Then bring it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them, for wrath has gone forth from the Lord. The plague has begun." 
Then Aaron took it as Moses had spoken and ran into the midst of the assembly. For behold, the plague had begun among the people. So he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. He took his stand between the dead and the living so that the plague was checked. When we uh, think about prophetic intercession, this is actually a picture of what we get the opportunity to do every single time we bow our hearts in prayer. We get the privilege, we get the opportunity, we get the moment to hear from God and then do something with that information. Now, Pastor Nell's going to talk a lot about what intercession looks like. I want to talk about prayer and conversation with God from the standpoint of intimacy. If we look at our story here today, we recognize that Moses and Aaron, they, they, they are having a little bit of a moment. This, this person named Korah was a little bit upset about, uh, about some things that were going on and, and, and didn't really feel like Moses and Aaron should be uh, great leaders anymore. And they started blaming them for a lot of different things. And, and so uh, uh, God answered that, uh, that little complaint with a death plague. Mm. Be careful what you complain about, you know what I mean? So, so, so they begin, they, 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 so God, God, God says, hey, listen, uh, back up from them. Um, I'm fitting to do a little something real quick. And, and, and they were like, oh no, right? This is not good, God. And so, so they, 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 they fell on their face, right? They fell on their face. We see the story then that Aaron and or, or Moses instructs Aaron. He says, go take the censer, make atonement amongst the people. And so here comes the plague as a wave through the people. And the plague immediately stops at the place that the intercessor was. Mm-hmm. And so the line between what was alive and what was dead was the prayer of someone. Was the intercession that someone was making. And so we can think that that is where our story starts and that's kind of what our goal is. But before we ever get to intercession, we must first have intimacy. Before we ever get to this moment of public action, there's a private moment that happens as well. This private moment, it says in Exodus 33, 11, that, that the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You see, before there was ever a plague that was released upon a people, there was an intimate relationship that Moses had with God. Prophetic intercession, first and foremost, is birthed from a place of intimacy, not from a place of action. And we can get excited with the action. We can get excited about what what happens when we pray. And we can get excited about the miraculous things that we have the opportunity to see God do. But the most miraculous thing that God has done was reconcile you to God again and give you access to communicate with the sovereign God. The most miraculous thing that God has done was take a filthy humanity and put them back in contact with a holy divinity. And we can't ever forget that that is a miracle that happens every single time that we pray. Every single time that we pray. Now, how do we then cultivate this intimacy? If we recognize that this private moment with God is supposed to be something that's foundational to our prophetic intercession, how do we do it? What does intimacy look like? Well, family, I want to highlight for you some very practical things that I believe that will help us uh, cultivate our relationship with God. The first, the first is reading the word of God, right? We've heard that throughout this entire, uh, this entire gathering this year, right? I, I, I find it so interesting, um, you know, when people uh, say, uh, you know, I want a word, I want a word, I want a word. And, 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 and sometimes I'm like, well, you know, there, there's 66 books of what he already said. 
Start there. I don't know. You know what I mean? And sometimes we get so caught up in wanting to know what God is saying now. I'll give you a little secret. What God is saying now is what he was saying then. So if you want to know what he's saying, read what he said, because what he said is what he's saying. Say it again. I can't. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. I was like, I heard the moan. I was like, okay, we're doing good. I don't know. (laughs) If you want to know what God is saying, read what he said, because what he said is what he's saying. I love, um, you know, I get a chance to minister prophetically in my church and through, and, and you know, so every nation family. And, 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 and I have found, I don't know if this is you, but I have found at times I'm pleading and asking God for a new word when I haven't mastered the one that he gave me. Have we ever had a time? I'm talking about, I'm talking about, this is not about y'all. This is about me, okay? Everybody be okay. It's all right. I'm, I'm talking about the people not in this session. It's the other ones. So it's not y'all. Y'all, I know that you've mastered the Bible, but the other ones that aren't in here, you can tell them about it later, okay? But I recognize that there are a lot of times I'm pleading with God to say something out of wanting to be impressive and not letting the word already impact me. Prophetic intercession in this moment of intimacy of God is not built on God having to entertain you. It's built off of God's desire to change you. That's it. We first establish intimacy with God through reading his word. Other, these things are called spiritual disciplines. This is the overarching thing, right? Another thing that we do, uh, reading the word, is then through prayer, right? Having moments, and we've, and we've been practicing that all weekend as well, right? Uh, in our activation session with uh, Pastor Danelle, myself, and Pastor Reggie, right? We were trying to get you all to do what? Pray, hear from God, right? We started that, in, we started that, um, that uh, session with just a moment of just, let's just hear for ourselves, before we begin to ask God to hear from anybody else, let's just hear God for us. God, what do, you, what do you want to say? What do you want to say to me? Praying. Praying is a way in which we hear from God and we develop intimacy with God. And, 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 and let, me, let me tell you something, family. Um, uh, that, that has to be something that we make an effort to carve out every single day. Every single day. I don't listen. I don't. I don't talk to God to just to you know to to, to feel better or just to like kind of get His advice on stuff. I talk to God because I recognize it's my life source. Like it's it's my life source, right? I am the vine. You are the branches. Right? He who remains in me. I gotta remain. I gotta remain. And what he says, it, it, and what he says in these times of prayer, it, it, it challenges, it corrects, it changes, it influences, it, it encourages me all at the same time. And I find that those things happen as I not only hear the word, but obey the word. I don't know about you. I mean, there's sometimes where I come to prayer, where, like I'm asking God for his, for his opinion, not for his instruction. Have you ever done that? Mm-hmm. Let's just, I, oh, I forgot, not this group. Okay, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I forgot. Y'all, y'all are the good ones, right? I've, I've done that, right, where I'm coming to God asking his opinion, and then, and then I respond. Like, you know, God says, AJ, do this. I'm like, well, God, have you considered, you know, when you said that's a great idea, God, but what I was thinking, <laughs> come on, we've done it, right? Laughter's agreement. I know what you're telling on yourself right now, right? You ever try to notify God of something that he might have forgotten when he told you what to do? 
Have you done it before? Right? In these moments of, of intimacy, we take what he's saying as an option. Right? And so it's reading the word as our life source, not to be impressive, but to be impactful. It's, it's, it's having times of prayer where we allow God to instruct us in deep places in intimacy. Another thing called spiritual discipline. It's this thing called fasting. My God. Yes, Lord. My word, my Lord. Now listen, <laughs> this isn't, you know, it's not my favorite. That's just, I mean, we talk, it's a prophetic conference. Y'all probably can, y'all know that already. So I might as well be honest, right? It's, it's not necessarily my favorite moment in my life, but at the same time, it is, it, I, I love the results of it. I'll be honest with you, the actual act of fasting, I'm not sure I've liked once. Because, I mean, I feel like I like to eat. I mean, that's fine. Praise God. Y'all said, I mean, y'all like to eat too. Praise the Lord. Right? But I recognize that, that there is something about recognizing that I don't need the, 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 the bread of this world. I have the bread of life. Yes. And there's nothing like recognizing the dependency that comes, on, comes from God and God himself. When Jesus said that I have food to eat that you know not of, I get a chance to be in, get, be, to be in sync with my Savior as I fast. And it's not always about petitioning heaven and garnering his attention. Normally, it's about getting my attention. It's about moving myself enough out of the way that I can hear what God has to say to me. Yep. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. And family, I encourage you, as we're continuing to, to, to build ourselves up and to grow into the Lord and to discover all the things that God has for us, Let's not forget what it's like to be intimate. Mm -hmm. Now, when we think about these, these spiritual disciplines and the mechanics that come with that, right? What we can get in trouble doing is to begin to think that if I do these things, read the Bible, right? I'm praying and, and, I, and I'm fasting. If we're not careful, we'll get too formulaic and we'll start to look at the spiritual disciplines as checklists in our heart and our hearts still be far from God. Right. Scripture says that you have the form of godliness, but deny the true power therein. So we have, we have marked the check mark of quiet time, but it hasn't changed you. It, you've marked the check mark of reading your Bible, but it hasn't conformed you. And if you're not careful, we'll have these check marks, these, this, this, this routine, but we won't have relationship. Yeah. You know, at, at, when I was growing up in, in, in my house, uh, uh, my, my parents used to have this rule that we all ate dinner together at the table. Um, and, and, and that wasn't necessarily the most fun rule because the, the TV wasn't in the kitchen. <laughs> so they had forgotten that I, that I you know, that, that, there, that it was like the kitchen table and there was food there, but there was no television. You know, and I was like, well, I wanted to, you know, watch it was TGIF back then. And so I was like, I'd like to watch a little, little, little television. But then we had to do this thing, right, that's kind of ancient now. We'd have to talk, like, to each other, like, across the <laughs> table. Like, real life, have a conversation, like, face-to-face, -face, right? Like Moses and, and God, right? So we would have to have these face-to-face -face conversations, right? Well, you know, I wasn't always down for it, right? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm one, uh, I'm the middle child, and I'm the only boy. So, you know, so that's my problem. If y'all were wondering, that's one of my issues. So, all right, we'll do inner. Sorry. I was like, so that's, that's why I'm strange. Anyway, so, 
so, you know, I, I, I was like that. And so there was times where I didn't want to always speak uh, to, to my sisters, right, and, and, and things like that. But, you know, after time and time and time again of having to eat dinner at the table, right, either we're going to eat in silence or I'm going to try to enjoy this thing, right, so I might as well have a conversation with the family, right? And so what I recognized is wasn't just the routine of what they were trying to establish, but the routine was meant to lead to relationship. So family, if we sit here and we worship the routine of reading the Bible, if we worship the routine of prayer, if we worship the routine of fasting, then it'll never be able to produce in us the relationship of prayer, the relationship of reading the word, the relationship of fasting. Yeah. It's not just the rules that we're trying to get you to understand. It's the relationship. Yeah. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. It says in, in our text for this morning that, that or this afternoon that, that, that Moses, Moses was able to hear something from God yes. because he was someone that God spoke to regularly. We can't ever get to hearing something from God for a people if we're not first and foremost hearing something for God for us. Intimacy is the foundational part of what it looks like to be a prophetic intercessor. Yeah, it's really good. Um, as we're talking about intimacy, um, we see here that they were able to meet with God. And in your devotion time, that's what it should be about meeting with God. Not, I read the scripture, I got something out of it. Um, although that's going to be a byproduct, what you want to do is really be seeking his heart. Um, so we have this saying, you know, we seek God's heart so that we can pray his will. You can't pray his will if you're not seeking his heart and you don't know um, what he's feeling and what he's sensing. Have any of you ever felt the laughter of God, the sadness of God? You heard him weeping. You've heard him laughing. These are the things that God wants to introduce us to. He would talk to um, Hosea, for instance, have him marry a harlot. And, and he's saying, this is how I feel about Israel. He was letting people come in and, and what he felt. Abraham taking Isaac to the mountain, you know, sacrifice your only begotten, not just anybody, <laughs> the one you've been waiting for for 25 years. And, and we know the story. He didn't have to sacrifice him, but he, God was communicating to Abraham, this is how it feels for me because I am going to sacrifice my son. And I just think it's amazing that God not only saved us, redeemed us, but he wants an intimate relationship with each and every one of us that we can feel what he feels. So when we intercede, it's not just about go get them, God. It's a, it's a heart that says, God, you love them while we were yet sinners. You love me while I'm yet a sinner. So we're not about judgment. When God reveals, it's not punitive, it's redemptive. And so that when you know that, that begins to um, come out in your prayer so that the heart of what you're praying is truly the heart of God. One of the things I love about John um, in scripture, um, he would put his head on um, Christ's chest. Could you imagine coming to somebody's house for dinner and, you know, Pastor Brett invites you to dinner and then one of the elders is sitting at his table and he has his head on his chest. Like what, what would be your thought process about that? You know, be like, um, brother, come here. You don't want to know. <laughs> I'd sign him up for Victory Weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, you know, this is where John lived. That was his posture. He wanted to hear the very heartbeat of God. 
And so when we're in our quiet time, that's the goal, not to be the great intercessor, not to be, you know, all this, although that comes from it, it's God, I want to know you. And that word intimacy is the same word used for a husband knowing his wife on the wedding night. So it's that coming together as one. And, and that's what Jesus prayed. Lord, Father, I pray that they would be one even as you and I are one. So I'm going to talk a, a little bit about what intercession is. Um, can I have my brother come up? I don't know where my husband went, but um, let me see. Uh, Kaylin, nephew. <laughs> going to demonstrate just a picture of what this intercession looks like. So, um, Kaylin, you're going to be God, the presence of God. All right. And my brother's going to be the problem. <laughs> so when we intercede, the word enter has the picture of you're standing between and among. So when you come and you enter in, as Pastor AJ read, he was standing between the living and the dead. So it wasn't so much that they were dead because they were alive. How many of you know they were talking about spiritually? So when we intercede, we're always standing between the living and the dead thing. And so when you intercede, you literally come and enter in and you're between and among. Then you turn to God and you get his heart about the issue. So you're communicating with God about it. So it's not just about the resolution of whatever it is. It's that God's heart would be evident in the resolution so that at the end of the thing, people know him better. And so as I'm interceding and I'm praying and getting God's heart, hold this, and I'm praying and I'm interceding, he gives me the answer. Then I turn to what is dead and the problem, I can pick on him, he's my brother, um, and what I do is I seed it. You can take this. But that word seed actually has a picture of, you know, when you're planting a seed in the garden and you actually dig up the dirt, you're making an indentation and you're planting it in and covering it. That's what that seed picture is. So I'm literally taking what God said and I'm taking it and I'm seeding it in to the issue. And now what most of us try to do, and not because we mean to, but we want to convince people of what God said. Sometimes he won't even have you say anything that he calls you to pray. And that's what Pastor Jim was talking about. You need wisdom in what to pray and what to say. Um, same stream, just different expressions. Some are prophetic and will say it. Others are prophetic and will pray it. I, I tend to be more on the prayer side of intercession in the prophetic. But what I'm doing now is I'm seeding it in. Now, any of you have ever planted a garden, you know that you can't go out there and help that seed grow. You just have to trust as you water it and the sun hits it that it's going to do what it's going to do. So when I'm praying for the issue, I'm not, I don't keep watching it every day like, God, he ain't changing. He ain't cleaned up his room. Um, he's still saying the same words. God, did you hear me? Like, hello, I, I prayed and what's going on over here? You know? So what we have to do is as we're standing between and among, faith has to be with us to know we're out of this situation. God has already done what he needs to do. And eventually it is going to come and sprout up. So now instead of watching over it and doing all the, how many of God said, I am faithful to watch over my word to complete it. He didn't say you be watchful. He said he would be watchful. So what I do now is I stand back and worship because I know this situation, something is going to sprout up and things are going to change simply because what was seeded in to the situation. Thank you so much. 
So what that is, is our faith um, in intercession to be able to stand and say, you know what, God, I believe I heard you. I'm going to see this in. I'm going to believe for it. And so what I do is I pray, get the word of God. Then instead of keep, you know, coming to the door, Lord, did you hear me? Like he's not changing. Um, I say, Lord, thank you. And when you start praying, how many of you have ever witnessed that it usually gets worse when you start praying? That's the time to really get your holy dance going on. Because the enemy is confirming to you it's working. So what he wants you to do is get double-minded and get in your flesh and try to handle it a different way. Because he knows that that word, once it's released, will go forth and accomplish God's purposes. Amen? So we don't have to worry. We don't have to say, the enemy has to deal with the word of God now. So that's why when we pray, we don't need to say English Um, We can if you like. (laughs) When I pray now, it's just the spirit. And I ask God, as Pastor Jim was talking about, Nataf, which means to drop or to drip. When I'm praying in the spirit, things begin to drop in my spirit. And I call them pop-ups because they weren't there before I started praying. And God will give me a vision, a word, a scripture. And that's why it's important for you to be in your word. Because you can quickly line it up to make sure this is God's heart. This is according to his word. If you get something in your spirit and it goes across God's word, I don't care how good it is and sounds, that's not God. So you need a plumb line. You need that word to line it up to make sure this is God's word, this is God's heart, and this is God's spirit. And so as we intercede, we begin to pray. Now, I had an opportunity to talk to, to one of our students in the school, um, and he had this burden and he couldn't get it off of him. Like he literally felt the weight. How many of you have ever experienced that? So what I say, in a lack of a better term, I pray it off until I feel the release. And so I just begin to continue to press in the spirit because we don't know what to pray in English. God knows and he's, he's unctioned us, he's burdened us with it, not so that we can now carry it around. He's burdened it, he's given it to us so we can cast it to him. So as intercessors, we're not to carry, we're to cast. And you got to make sure you know the difference. Because if you're not careful, you begin to carry that weight around. And how many know you're not made to carry that weight? God has given us the, the, the blessing to stand in intercession for it. I wanted to read something quickly. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this passage, but it's Abraham. And he was interceding. Um, Genesis 18, 27 through 33. I'm denying I'm needing glasses. I'm going to go over here and turn my phone the other way so the print gets a little bigger. (laughs) Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. (laughs) Hush. Just hush. It's a little bigger. Uh, Hush. 18, 27 through 33. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. I whom am but dust and ashes. So he's coming in humility. He's not coming in God's face saying, look, God, what in the world is going on? If you do that, stop it. Because you need to understand who God is. We need to come in reverence. And so he's, he's entreating God in humility. Suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. Again, he spoke to him and said, suppose 40 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 40, I will not destroy it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. In other words, I'm asking you another question, okay? 
<laughs> Don't strike me, no. <laughs> and I will speak. Suppose 30 are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. He said, behold, I have undertaken to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak again, but this once. Suppose 10 are found there. He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. Why did God let Abraham in on the fact that he was getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Why didn't he just destroy it? Why did Abraham get injected into this equation? Because God knew Abraham would intercede. Isn't that the heart of God that he doesn't want to destroy a people. He wants to redeem them. So here Abraham is getting the information, knowing how wicked Sodom and Gomorrah is. And I say, you know what, Lord, I confirm what you're saying. I think you did destroy him. He's standing there interceding for a wicked people. And God is saying, no, I will not destroy it if the righteous are there. Uh-oh. If the righteous are there. Do you hear that? He said, I will not destroy it if there's 10 righteous in this city. How many know we can intercede for a city and it not be destroyed because of righteousness? And we now, you know, this is Old Testament, different dispensation. We are now in the grace dispensation, which means we are the righteousness of Christ. So the moment you got saved, you were imputed righteousness, not on your own. It was the grace of God. It's a gift. And so now when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ because we're hidden in Christ. So now we can stand in the city knowing, Lord, surely got to be more than 10 people saved in this city. And so we can entreat God because there's righteousness here because of Christ. And I believe we stay off the, and stave off the destruction that could occur simply because we took the time to intercede. Um, I like Nehemiah. He repented. It was a generational repentance. Remember when he came, he heard about the wall. He was saddened about it. He wasn't even in the generation when the wall fell. But what is the first thing he said? We have sinned against you. So he identified with the sin of his, his ancestors, his family, and repented. So a lot of times you turn on the news and, and we're, we're wagging our finger, not in a, in, a, in a prideful way, so to speak. We just can't believe what's going on in our nation. But have you ever taken the time to stand before God and say, we have sinned against you, God? And name those sins that we're repenting from. Murder, abortion, go down the line. And none of, none of us may have touched it naturally but how I many you know we belong to this nation? So we have to stand in intercession and ask God to forgive us. So part of my prayer every morning is repentance. I repent on behalf of my family. I repent on behalf of my neighbors. I go all the way down to the uttermost parts of the earth. Because there has to be a payment for judgment. Thank God that we don't have to come out of our pockets to pay it. Because we couldn't. Jesus said, here, I took care of it. So just because it's taken care of doesn't mean it doesn't have to be paid. So when there's sin, sin demand, um, it demands judgment, basically, because that's what happens when you sin and there's no repentance, judgment follows. But when we stand in intercession and repent, the grace and the mercy of God comes so that there's people that can be saved. That it's not just okay, you hear out and sorry, that was the third strike. 
I want you to know two things, positionally and conditionally. Positionally, we're already, it's already completed. Conditionally, we see what's going on. So that's why the scripture says where grace, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. It's because of the completed work of the cross that we have hope. Because we know redemption is available for everybody that would turn. So as we intercede and we go back and it says, and Aaron got the incense, and you know those who study the uh, tabernacle, the incense was a part of the inner court, and it, was, and it represents prayer. So he went and got the incense, and that, that prayer, that intercession was going up to God. And so that is our, I believe, our responsibility. Some people say, I'm not an intercessor. If you belong to Christ, you're an intercessor. Because he's called all of us to pray. And so it's not that you can get, you don't have to get up and lead a meeting if you don't want to, but you need to be leading something in your closet by yourself. (laughs) But you need to be praying, amen? So we want to continue to um, step into this intercession and know. I wanted to quote something that James Gall said, who's a, a prophetic minister out there. He says, whether it is the preached truth or a prayed burden or spontaneous utterance, A thing is only prophetic if it brings a generation into the knowledge and the heart of our God in our time. And so it's not something that we just guess about. So we're not praying from knowledge. We're praying for knowledge. And when God gives us that knowledge, that's what we pray. And so as we come into our prayer meetings here, we intercede in the spirit, sometimes 45 minutes to an hour. And what are we doing? We are allowing God to let those things drop that are on his heart to us so that we can pray his will. Now, it doesn't mean we don't do list intercession. There's a, there's a moment for that as well. But we want to hear the heart of God first. I mean, he already knows what we have need of. He already knows what the list is. But we have the privilege to pray for knowledge and get that knowledge and then pray it here on earth. And so as we do that, and intercede, as, as Pastor AJ said, it must come from a place of intimacy and knowing God, God's heart. Um, did you want to say something? I just want to jump. I mean, you're doing amazing. I just want to jump in. And if you're, if you're not careful, kind of what Pastor Nell's talking about, you can make intercession go the opposite direction. And by that, let me have my guys back up here real quick. Let me have you guys come back up. So if you look at what Pastor Nell's example was, uh, yeah. If you look at what Pastor Danelle's example example was, so she talked about the intercessor. I just think this is so clear. The intercessor hearing from God, receiving that from God, and then seeding that into the problem, right? But what if 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 you are if you're not careful as an intercessor, what you'll what you'll begin to do is you'll be so wrapped up into the problem, you'll try to take the problem and seed that into God. All I'm doing is listing back and all these issues and God, don't you know what they're doing? And God, don't you know what's happening? Instead of taking what God has to say about something and seeding it into the problem, we take the problem and we try to seed that into God like we're some sort of notification system that the sky is falling. 
And so it's so important. I love what she, what Pastor's saying about the time of, of praying in the spirit, right? Listen, that gift is necessary because it says when you don't know what to pray. And some of us need to stop being so prideful. We don't know what to do, God. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what to pray. So I've got to tap into the gift that was given when those moments come. Because all I know is my situation and my stress and my problems and my worry. But guess what? I serve a God who has something to say about my situations yes. and about my yes. problems and about my worries. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I'll begin to just see that into God. Yeah. God, just kind of take this, take this, take this. Mm-hmm. Forgetting the fact that God had something to say before my issue ever showed up. Yeah. Don't you know your problem is the second thing to hit the scene? The word got there long before your problem got there. Your problem is always late. It's always tardy. It's always behind the word of God. And so as an intercessor, we get an opportunity, family. Do you see what this is? We get an opportunity to stand between death and life and get an opportunity to see life into something. You're a light carrier. Thanks, fam. You're a light carrier. You're a light carrier. I don't know why. I am got excited. I'm supposed to be talking. Okay. You don't went to preaching. Okay. So All right now. Got excited. You did the illustration. All right. You no, know, I like that right there. You know? I think we can work with that for a second. Okay. What am I supposed to be talking about? Okay, so. Increase. 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 Okay. okay. And we got okay. three minutes. Increase in three minutes. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. All right, so, okay. So, here we go. Edit, 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 edit. All right, so. um, So, all right, so the story goes on, verse 47, 48, right? So Aaron comes, right? Uh, Let's see. Then Aaron took it as uh, Moses had spoken. Okay, then he ran into the midst of the assembly, for behold, the plague had begun among the people. So he put on the incense. He put on the incense and made atonement for the people. He took his stand, listen to this, between the dead and the living, which we were talking about over there, so that the plague was what? It was checked, right? It was stopped. Okay. So the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, 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 um, I wouldn't say goal, but one of the, one of the goals of, of intercession is that you will have an increase in righteousness. That righteousness grows as a result of our time of prayer. As a, as a result of our time of intercession, that there should be something that, that is larger because you, you, you took time to pray. Now, let's, let, 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 let's make this a little bit clearer. So if I recognize that I, am, that, that I am taking from God an intercession, do we follow? I take it, and then what, it, what are we talking about? Intercession, and I seed it into the problem, right? And it says then that that word is now a seed. Now, as I'm interceding, I've taken something and I've planted it. Well, I don't plant something with an expectation that it doesn't grow. But I plant something recognizing that it's going to do what? It's going to grow. So as I intercede the word of God, I'm expecting the word of God to produce something that I couldn't produce. His righteousness, right? And so as that word grows, when uh, let God arise and the enemies be scattered. As, as, as there's never been darkness created that light couldn't permeate. And so when I'm seeding something into the situation, 
situation, my expectation is as I continue to plant and continue to plant and continue to plant, growth is going to happen. Righteousness is going to happen. And the word of God will accomplish what it was sent to accomplish. We have to recognize, family, that there is an increase of righteousness every single time we get an opportunity to intercede. Amen. And so when we do that, okay, I just feel a preach. Can we just Can run we, around? I, just, I know. I just, we got to behave. Okay. We're going to behave. That was my quicken just now. We're getting real careful. All right. All right. Come on. Come on. But when... Sorry, they don't know where I'm from. They don't know how, I don't know what tradition I came up in. Okay, we used to but do. when that moment of growth is happening, behave yourself. All right. God is dealing with that person's heart, not just their situation. See, we just want the situation fixed. But God is dealing with the heart so that that situation doesn't come up somewhere else. So we have to be careful not to expedite things because God goes to the root, not the fruit. So usually when we're praying, we're dealing with the fruit. God said, oh, not only am I going to deal with the fruit, I'm going to get to this root so that this behavior changes. Have you ever dealt with something and you thought it was dealt with and then it pops up six months later on? Has a different head, different situation, but it's the same thing. Like chicken. You can cook chicken a whole lot of different ways, but it's still chicken. It's because we dealt with the fruit and didn't get to the root because God deals with the heart. And so as we're seeding those things, God is dealing with your heart. And he's not a a God that just tugs a war with you and says, okay, I want this. No, it's your free will. So he waits and you have to get the revelation. I have a saying with my, my kids, it's the staff and the rod, which half do you want? God's staff is for direction. His rod is for correction. He'd rather us learn by his staff, but if he has to, he will use his rod. And so that moment of growing up is that person coming into a realization of who he is so that their behavior speaks in relationship uh-huh. and not just, I checked off the box and didn't make God mad. So we have to recognize why there's a moment. Did you ever ask yourself or ask God, like, why couldn't Jesus come down like the Terminator? Like dropping, he's already Jesus, the man. He came as a form as a baby. Now, if you're Israel crying out for a savior, it's going to take a minute because he's an infant. What, what was God doing in the midst of Jesus growing up? He was growing Israel. Because Israel needed to come into a place of maturity as well. And so as we look at this as, as the final, is God's a God of justice. And he does not choose to send anybody anywhere other than what they wanna, where they want to go. And so Romans uh, 3, 21 says, but now the righteousness of God uh, apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So that belief is not a head knowledge, only it's a heart knowledge. Pastor D, what's the difference? I'm going to let you know. In Genesis, it says, and Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. James 2.19, it says, and the demons believed and trembled. Well, why wasn't it counted to them as righteousness as it was to Abraham in Genesis? Because obedience did not follow. Abraham believed in his heart so much sore, he packed up his luggage, went to Dulles Airport, and Sarah's probably said, now this is my translation, Um, Abraham, what gate are we going? The Lord will show us. He quickly obeyed. He didn't wait for the ticket. He didn't wait for the gate number. He grabbed his family and rolled. 
You don't see that with the enemy. There's no obedience. So God just doesn't want us to have a head knowledge, intellect. He wants us to have a heart knowledge, intimacy. And when you put both together, you can help people because you can deal with them intellectually and pull that down to their heart so that their behavior equals a relationship with God. Make sense? So what we want you to do, I'll go ahead, give God a praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> so in the midst of the prophetic intercession, remember it starts with intimacy, finding out what is on God's heart. And he wants every last one of us to find out. And that's a cultivation. I don't know about you, but I'll be in my prayer closet. And to, to this day, my husband tells you, there's a certain, certain time I get up in relationship um, sometimes I have the alarm set and he wakes me up early and I'm looking at the clock like, Lord, I got like 45 more minutes, but how many know it's a relationship. So I don't tell God come back in 45 minutes. Cause you might miss what he's going to tell you. You get out of the bed and you hear what he's saying. But as you cultivate that, don't be frustrated. If your mind wants to go, you just bring it back. Sometimes my mind's like a little child. I said, come on back here and sit down. Cause we're going to listen to what the spirit of the Lord's got to say. And you might have to do that several times, but it's a discipline. And after a while, your spirit man gets bigger and much stronger than your fleshly man. And you're quickly able just to go ahead and enter in. I'll be in a grocery store and a burden will drop and I'll just begin to pray in the spirit. As Pastor Jim said, please don't walk through the grocery store at Harris Teeter. No, just pray under your breath. They don't need to know what you're doing. And sure enough, a burden will drop and I have the privilege to pray it out. Sometimes I don't even know who I was praying for, what was going on. But I just thank God that he allows me to co-labor with him because he doesn't have to do that. He could just do it himself. But he desires us as his children to be about the father's business. So intimacy. And when when you're intimate, that's when you can prophetically intercede because now you're hearing what he's saying. So you're praying for knowledge versus from knowledge. What's the difference? It's about praying for someone instead of about them. That'll preach all by itself. Okay. (laughs) and then increase when God moves righteousness shows up justice shows up the scripture says his throne is founded on righteousness and justice I mean you know that's divine increase and so we hope we've helped you today with some practical tips about how to pray pastor AJ why don't you just come up and pray for us that this would be um, our lifestyle and that God would be glorified great father we thank you lord for the opportunity that we get lord to communicate with the divine God. Lord, let it never get old. God, let us never get tired of the ability that we have, God, to speak to you. And Lord, I pray, God, that foundational to that would be intimacy, God. Lord, that we would grow closer and closer to you by just spending time with you. God, that we wouldn't be so formulaic, God, and so, so much in a hurry, God, that we forget what it's like to know you. So God, I pray that these people would leave here living a life that seeks to know you, that seeks to know you. Father, and I pray, God, that from knowledge of you and from intimacy with you, God, it would birth then intercession. God, that we would take what you have to say about a situation and seed it into the situation. Father, that we wouldn't get so distracted by what we see in the natural that we can't no longer hear what you're saying in the spiritual. But God, give us ears to hear and let us place that through prayer into situations. 
And God, I pray, Lord, that as we place it, you would grow it. God, that increase would happen, Father, an increase of righteousness, an increase of justice, Lord, that the foundation of your throne would be established as we pray, as we intercede. God, I thank you for your people. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor AJ. We're going to take a amen. Thank the Lord. Yes.